You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's going on, everybody? We have Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings coming up. We recap what was uh, a big night in Monday on in the college football circuit. The national championship has come and gone, so we turn our attention to Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Johnny Avello of the DraftKings Sportsbook stops by. He monitors what is happening at the counter at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll also welcome in Will Hill of VEASAN to discuss all six Wild card games this weekend in the National Football League. All coming up on Unreasonable Odds. Welcome into Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Your host, Brendan Glasheen. Good to be back with Julian Edlow. Big show today. We have Johnny Avello of the DraftKings Sportsbook joining us shortly to recap the national championship game in college football. The playoff is over. We're on to next year. And uh, as it pertains to the National Football League, how week 18 finished up and we're getting ready for wild card, super wild card weekend. Will Hill of VEASAN is going to join the podcast and we will break down all six super wild card weekend games. Julian, hello. Thanks for holding down the fort like you always can and are able to do. I'm a man of many talents. Yep, we're, we're aware. Uh, okay, quick thought uh, in college football. We come out of it. Michigan, your national champions. Washington now heads to the uh, Big Ten. The Pac-12 is no more. Try not to overreact too much. Michael Penix had an excellent college football semifinal. But Michigan, this was a game, and to me, Julian, where it came down to which team played their style and how they could turn it into what their conference is about. And Michigan made that a Big Ten game, ran the ball down their throats, and Washington, Michael Penix was off off balance and was really put in some difficult situations. Yeah, Penix cost himself some money on Monday night, uh, you know, with the stage kind of set to, if you play the way you played against Texas, you're going to be a top 10 pick. If you played the way that he wound up playing, now, you know, we're going to have the debate, is he or is he not a first-round pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, cost himself some money, yes. Michigan played their way. Those two breakaway runs by Edwards early, like, uh, you know, I played Washington team total. I didn't wind up taking an actual side in the game. Kicking myself a little bit, Michigan was the obvious side. But, you know, they won by uh, the 21 points. It easily, I think Michigan would have won and covered regardless but that easily could have been a seven-point game. If Washington stops one of those early uh, runs that Edwards ripped off, their defense clearly got a hold of things and played a lot better in the second and third quarters. The kind of tic-tac hold on Washington on the deep ball to Undunze that the game was 20-13 to 13 at that point in time. If Washington yeah. puts together a drive to tie the game, I would go on to say that Michigan probably stuffs it down their throats and wins like 27-20 to 20 maybe or something like that. Uh, So Washington was close at times, but Michigan was the right side and would have wound up being the right side, even if a couple plays went differently, probably in Washington's favor. Um, So props to Michigan betters. Uh, Washington was a pretty public, trendy side. Should have probably grabbed some Michigan. Didn't. Looking forward to next year. Yep, and I I would say... And actually, here, I'll give one college football thought real quick, Glash, before we wrap it. Um, 
I, I love betting futures, obviously. Win totals, conferences, divisions. This is going to require some extra work in June, July, August because of the realignment. All these conferences, the Pac-12 coming undone, different teams being in different conferences. How are we going to price these things, these win totals, these divisions, these conferences? Um, there's going to, I don't want to say mistakes, but like there's going to be some differences in the market uh, that you can probably take advantage of if you do your research or at least get ahead of things that you like and get a really good number on it before it moves after people kind of say, mm, I, you know, I don't know about Washington in the Big Ten. We just saw how they looked against Michigan uh, and they just went to the natty. They're going to have a high win total mm-hmm. looking under there, like just kind of spitballing here. But there, there's going to be some spots we can attack in the college football futures market with all these moving parts. Yeah, you want you want to beat the corrections before they're yeah. made. Is, is the long and short of it. And that might require until we get to conference play in October and November or the early season conference game in September that takes place. And that will, uh, y- you get your opportunities earlier. Uh, quickly, we'll spend a quick second. NFL, uh, we come out of week 18. We know our six super wild card weekend games. Baltimore and San Francisco are off. All gets down on Saturday in Houston, Cleveland, Houston, the matchup in the AFC. Saturday matchup, and then the other AFC matchup Saturday night is Miami and Kansas City, who met in Germany. Was it London or Germany? I think it was Germany. Uh, Germany. Germany. Um, that game was the maybe some rumors Kansas City put it there so that Tyree Kill wouldn't have to come back to Kansas City and get booed. And now look what we're going to get here on Saturday night in negative 18 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this this – the Dolphins and the Bills were the last teams we saw on Sunday night. And I'm sorry, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Chiefs, uh, even though they haven't been all that promising. But it's fascinating to see if some of these teams can get it right, uh, that we've been accustomed to, to getting it right at this time of year. Uh, but some other, like Philadelphia and Kansas City, are the two teams where you're like, okay, let's see if they can, you know, there's the magic. They just circle the wagons and they. Get it together. Um, but we'll have a chance to join Will Hill of VEASAN. He will join the podcast, and we will break down each of those six wild card games this weekend. Very simple podcast. But first, let's go to Johnny Avello. Julian sits down with Avello for Odds Are. All right. Welcome into Odds Are here on Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. And for the occasion, as usual, we welcome in the director of DraftKings Sportsbook, Mr. Johnny Avello. Johnny, how are we doing this week? Uh, I'm doing well, Jules. Thanks. Uh, we've lost the sport, you know, so it's like uh, <laughs> we lost one. We'll gain one, but uh, it's a big one we lost and uh, hate to see it go away. I hate to see it go away as well. So first things first, let's tie a bow on the college football season that was. Michigan bullied Washington around in this one as we were talking before we started the recording. Couple plays one way or the other, uh, you know, allowed Michigan to break this one open late. I think we all, uh, you know, if we're all being neutral in this game, we don't want to see that holding called on the Anduze reception that came back uh, when the score was still 20 to 13. See what happens there. Uh, but Washington was the public dog in this one. Michigan a little bit more of the uh, sharper side, a little reverse line movement on that one as the game got closer to kick. Uh, good result for you guys with with Michigan coming through? Yeah, you know, they've, they've been riding this this dog for the past three games. They played them 
with the points and on the money line against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, then against Texas in the semifinals. And they didn't let off the pedal at any point for this final. They bet them pre-match, in-game, throughout the entire night. And I can tell you, we had a huge exposure uh, if they get there. Uh, And there were times when it looked like they might, but they didn't. And it was an outstanding result for the house. All right. How about futures wise? Uh, Michigan tickets to win it all cashing. I know there were a lot of Washington tickets falling short, but still those were, you know, 40, 50 to one range, easy hedging opportunity if you wanted it. What was the result futures wise for you guys? They picked up on the Huskies around three weeks ago before the three, I should say three weeks before the regular season ended. Uh, and before the playoffs began at around six to one. Now, you mentioned those 40, 50 to one tickets. That's what they were back, not that, probably about halfway through the season. You still could have got a, that type of a price. We yeah. had a massive exposure there also. Uh, not to say there weren't quite a few Michigan tickets cashed too. Now, the ones that on Michigan they played at nine to one before the season started, they were the bigger ones and the ones that received the you know, the biggest odds, um, you know, going into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we did good overall on that, too. It, so you can imagine the exposure we had on the game and the exposure we had on the Huskies, um, which the house was certainly pulling for the favorite. All right. Well, so long college football until August. Uh, we will start betting on it again, of course, here on Unreasonable Odds. I can't wait that long. So June, July, we'll have some college football previews, some futures, all that type of fun stuff. But let's move over to the NFL, Johnny. Some interesting results in the NFL in week 18. We talked about it a little bit last week. A lot of those games, uh, you know, where teams were going against each other up against their win totals, they came right down to the spread. You have that Arizona-Seattle game. Uh, a missed kick, Arizona covers, Seattle wins, Arizona stays under the win total if you got it at four and a half where it was the majority of the offseason. Seattle goes over with the win. That's just one of the examples um, of, of some of these games last week uh, that both, you know, spread, money line, and win totals all coming into play. What were some of the best results for you guys at DraftKings Sportsbook, whether it be uh, the Week 18 board or futures-wise when it comes to win totals? Well, the overall handle for the final week was the best I've seen on a DK network so far. And a big part of that was not only the meaningful games, but the way they were positioned on the board. And I'll tell you what I mean by that, Jules. So there were six one o'clock games for you folks on the East Coast, 10 here on the West Coast. And then there were seven afternoon games that started at 425. And... What made that so outstanding from a booking perspective was that the 10 o'clock games ended around 1-105, and that's when a lot of games start sometimes, and sometimes the bettors don't have an opportunity to get the next bet in because the game starts so fast. But Mm -hmm. the NFL accommodated us with 425 start, and that allowed us to get all the cashing in, book all those afternoon games, and seven afternoon games – it's quite rare, by the way. You've, you know, you usually don't see that. And the yep. way they did it was certainly to position them in a spot where the playoff, the teams that needed the games were playing together. And so I just like the whole format. I wish we'd do it for the entire NFL season. So um, that 20 minute window you're saying between 405 and 425 East Coast allows so many tickets to, to grade 
that the handle right before kick is going up a lot? Yes, exactly. Okay. So that was outstanding. The Bills in, um, at Miami was by far the biggest handle of the day, and that was also our best revenue uh, game also. Uh, other other good ones with, for the house were the Packers covering, the Eagles losing to the Giants, the Seahawks, you mentioned it, went in by a point over the cards, and the Jets beating the Pats on a bad weather day. They bet the, they bet the uh, Pats in that game thinking – Belichick's last game and the team's yeah. going to play really hard for him. It just, that just didn't didn't work out for him. Uh, the public did well on the Lions, Cowboys, Saints, and Bucks. Uh, all were easy winners. Uh, Cowboys and Bucks both win in their division. They were very good results for the betters. All right, we are on to the NFL playoffs. No more grinding through all these games every week. What matters, what doesn't. Now everything matters. Six games obviously spread out, two Saturday, three Sunday, and the Monday nighter. Uh, a, a really good super wild card weekend board here. What are betters getting in on early, Johnny? It looks like we got some movement on the Chiefs. The Rams in Stafford's return to Detroit seems to be the the popular dog um, is that where betters are looking, and what else are they jumping on? Yeah, on Saturday, like they like the Chiefs a bunch, laying the three and a half at home against the reeling Dolphins. That's up to four and a half. On Sunday, they're laying a number on the Bills, who were up to ten from nine at home playing the Steelers. Some of that's what you know, and uh, but Steelers are kind of a scrappy team, so and the Bills don't usually lay anybody away, so who knows? Uh, they also like the Rams on the road. At the Lions, that's down to three from three and a half. And they're also betting the Eagles, who can't buy a win at the Bucks, laying three. It open two and a half, it's up to three. They're also laying the three. Yeah, really interesting spot there. We're, we're going to talk about it more on the podcast, but for the Eagles, one and five straight up, 0 oh and six against the spread, limping into the playoffs with some injuries. Bucks, eight and three against the spread as an underdog this season. That is an interesting one uh, being saved for Monday night. Um, let's talk movement in, in these games. We've already seen some significant movement, uh, but what do you expect, Johnny, uh, in terms of, of sides and totals? What's going to move the most before these games actually kick off? Well, if I take out my crystal ball, we'll see maybe the Browns. I'm you to do. <laughs> okay, Browns two and a half at Texas. That's about right, Jules. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that hits three because that's a grab. Uh, the total at 44 and a half, that might come down a touch. I could see that coming down to maybe 44, even a little lower. The four and a half on the Chiefs are laying, you know, that I don't think that's going to hold up. Uh, I think that comes back down to four. You, you could even see three and a half. Um, but that 44 total, the, you know, that, that might continue to rise. Uh, on Sunday, you think Chiefs Dolphins total rises? Yeah, I think so. With the I negative so. uh, whatever degrees at, at frozen tundra, you, you do know those two teams are offensively minded, right? I know that. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. I, I mean, like Dolphins. So I'll wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, on Sunday, Bills might come back down to nine and a half or nine. That. Total bends on the weather. It's 36 right now, down from an opener like 43. Uh, so I'm not sure, exactly sure what we're going to see in Buffalo. You could see anything. Buffalo is a strange area. Some areas it snows. Some areas don't get snow. So we'll see. Uh, 
Cowboys seven and a half. That's a good betting number. Uh, but if it's going to go anyway, I think that one will go up. I, you know, the, the Cowboys at home are uh, flawless and everybody wants to bet the Cowboys. So I could see that one maybe uh, going up a little bit. That total will certainly go up. It's 50 and a half now. So I see a little bit higher. And the, and the Rams, uh, Lions, and the Eagles, Bucks, both should hang around the three area. I just can't see either team giving up more than that. If any one of those teams would give up a little more, it would probably be the Lions at home. But I, the Eagles can't lay more than three on the road. All right. So now that each team's path to winning the conference, getting to the Super Bowl is is clear, um, you know, that might make betters a little bit more confident in in taking some futures here to win a conference, to win the Super Bowl. Since the the board has been set, what have betters been looking at futures-wise, Johnny? Still looking at the Ravens and 49ers. They both lead the pack by far, followed by Dallas. Uh, all of the others had much higher odds. They're taking a few shekels, you know, the Lions at 18 are betting them a little bit. Rams at 40, uh, you know, that's just a big price. People looking for... Rams to win a couple of games, get there, maybe a hedge opportunity at that point. Texans at 50, taking a little money. Uh, and uh, let's see, who's one, one other team out there was long? I don't think it was the Steelers. They were betting at uh, at 120. It was one team Steelers less than Bucks. Bucks, yeah, Bucks, Bucks at 90 or so. So uh, taking a shot on some of the on the, some of the bigger teams, bigger odds, I should say. Right. Um, all right. Last thing, we post a lot of specials on the board at at DraftKings, um, unique markets. So what have been some of the most popular ones to bet on so far for the NFL playoffs? Yeah, there's a couple they like, uh, and you may like these or not like them because, you know, you're a, you're certainly a guy always looking at somebody's props. Try, they, try me. Try okay, me. Either Mayfield or Stroud to throw for over 325 yards. That's plus uh, 125. Uh, Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons to have at least two sacks, uh, plus 140. Most receiving yards for the weekend, C.D. Lamb, plus 330. I think that's one that probably falls into your wheelhouse, doesn't it? That, uh, one, feel, that one feels pretty good, especially seeing I like the unders in some of these games and Jerry World's where we're going to see the points. Yep. And then uh, Tyree Kill and uh, Travis Kelsey to combine for at least 250 receiving yards. Plus six fifty. You like the under net game, you said, so you're probably not going there. I think Kansas City's a little more defensive minded. You could almost say this year. Here's my. I'm going to get into. We're going to talk plenty about this on the pod. I'm going to give Johnny my condensed handicap on this game. I Kansas City's a little more defensive minded. The cold Tua has been bad. I mean, the Dolphins period have been bad in the cold. Tua in his career has been bad in the cold. If I, this isn't as much me backing the Chiefs to like turn it around because I don't know if they're going to as much as it is just fading Miami on the the short week because Kansas City rested everyone last week and Miami's got to go Sunday night football to Saturday night football. They still got guys dinged up, lost a lot of guys, and you're going out into the freezing temperature. I I kind of think Kansas City does this in more of a uh, like Steeler type of fashion than than your classic Mahomes Andy Reid fashion. Okay, good point. Very good. <laughs> you're not um, giving, Johnny's last, not giving me anything. No, uh, no, you're the handicapper, so I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> you're any. You said it. I bet it. That's how it works. Um, 
one other th- prop that's getting a little bit of action is the exact result for the Super Bowl. 49ers beat the Ravens. That's seven to one. That's the most popular in that category. I tend to like that one. One of them's not going to get there, though, right? This is always how it works. One of them's not going to get there. Yeah, I like the Niners' did. path more, but we'll they see They never how live up to our expectations. You're right. <laughs> we know how it works. All right. That is Odds Are with Johnny Avello here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. We will see how these games shake out over the weekend and be back to talk more NFL playoffs next week. Johnny, thanks as always for the time. You're so welcome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome in. Okay. All right, here we go. In three, two. Thanks always to Johnny Avello for joining us on Unreasonable Odds. Let's welcome in our next guest. He is from the VEASAN Network. You might be familiar with him in our DraftKings platforms. Will Hill, who also contributes at Fox Sports. He has his own podcast, Should Have Bet More, the Bears Bets podcast. Will, thanks for stopping by. It's one of the best weekends of the year upcoming, the Super Wild Card Weekend. Just big picture. Is there something in previous years that you think about when you go into a weekend like this that you try to keep in mind when betting the NFL? Yeah, like you said, it's one of the best weekends of the year. It's you know, that Wild Card Saturday, this whole weekend, and maybe top five sports day of the year. It's just it's so great, but... Don't force the action, I guess, would be my one, um, you know, sort of piece of advice, even though I don't know that I'm always the best at taking my own advice. (laughs) These games are all standalone games. I mean, think about it. We we get six playoff games this weekend. We get 15, 16 on a normal weekend. You wouldn't bet all 15, 16 games. So you probably shouldn't be betting all six games, at least in terms of side. Now, if you want action on a game, there's different ways to get action. We know player props, teasers, totals. You don't just have to force a side. So I guess my, my best advice would be just don't force it. Okay. Very good. Well, yeah, we're going to kind of peer pressure you here and give thoughts on these games, sure. but that means you're not giving a pick, which is very thoughts, uh, sir. It's our job to give thoughts on all these yes. games, and then we will we will choose, pick and choose what we present as a bet. Yeah, we'll save our. We're going to have analysis throughout the, uh, this, these six games, folks, but we'll get to best bets at the end. So let's go right in order. Cleveland and Houston face off uh, at NRG Stadium Saturday, 4.30. The current line at DraftKings as we record on a Wednesday afternoon. Houston, a home dog, plus two and a half. Totals at 44 and a half. So Houston comes off the win to get in and win the AFC South. They beat the Colts and D'Amico Ryan, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. They're all the hype on their respective sides of the ball as the head coach coming over from San Francisco, they might be in the wheelhouse for the award circuit will, but as it pertains to a side, Joe Flacco and company, the lines moving towards the Browns. Where do you stand? 
I like Houston. I would not bet plus two and a half, especially middle of the week, because why bet plus two and a half when you can maybe get a three? And so many of these games this weekend, I maybe should have given this as my advice for the weekend. So many games lined around three. Make sure you get the best of the number. Do not take two and a half when you could take three. Do not lay three when you could lay two and a half. That's the key number in football. So make sure you're on the right side of these threes. And there's a bunch of them. You know, Tampa, Philly, Detroit, Rams, this game. So make sure you're on the right number here. I just, I look at it where I, I'm home. With Houston, I got the better quarterback, and I'm getting the points. Uh, at two and a half, you know, it, it's going to be a popular teaser leg. I still think there's a version of Flacco where this comes undone at some point. I think back to the Chicago game where he threw a couple of really bad picks. Could have thrown a couple more. Houston's the game where he turned it around. He actually played really well and played well against the Jets. But, again, that game was on Christmas Eve. Cleveland won 36-22 in Houston. But you can throw that game out. That was Case Keenum and not C.J. Stroud. I just think we got a close game here. I'll take the points with Houston. Cleveland did beat Houston Jules Christmas Eve, 36-22. I think the Stroud timing of Stroud coming back, Houston's almost hitting their stride, whereas Cleveland, have they peaked too early, if that makes sense, peaking too early in this Flacco run, winning four of their last five. That last game of the year didn't mean anything, but I think this comes down this, this comes down to defense, and the total reflects that uh, at 44.5, which I think is kind of high with how good Cleveland's been consistently all year, and Houston's had guys out on their offensive line, guys out defensively and on their offense at the skill positions. But uh, where are you at on this one, Jules? Yeah, so this is a side that I may pass on. If I bet it, it'll be Texans plus three or potentially teasing the Texans. Um, two thoughts on this game that, that jump out to me. First of all, yes, Cleveland was favored against Houston in this exact matchup recently by three and a half. That was a um, Case Keenum game, right? And Mills came in to the game. So you're telling right. me it's three and a half with Houston at their backups and two and a half, maybe three with Stroud. Right. That's that's ridiculous. Just from a now again, I like I think the Browns should probably be favored if I'm using my head in this game. But if you're just looking at the market, there's no way that's enough of a move for a home dog in this wild card round. So market wise, that does not make sense to me. Um, and then we talk about the Browns defense. Their home road splits are ridiculous. Best in the NFL, 13.9 points per game in home games. They are second worst in the NFL behind only Denver, allowing 29.6 points per game on the road. Mm -hmm. So indoors in Houston, controlled atmosphere against uh, you know CJ Stroud and that, that offense. Strong lean to Houston in the game, might play it at three, might tease it. Uh, you know, come come Saturday with some of these other good teaser legs that we have, but that's that's my feel for this game. I'm not dug into it quite enough yet on uh on the props, but a Houston team total. Um, again, because of what the Browns' defense has been away from home and Stroud now being in this game, so the Brown, you know, Houston probably just saw what the Browns were a few weeks ago. But the Browns may not have seen what Houston is with Stroud in there. That could be an, another advantage for Houston. So that's the way that I'm leaning to. The more I talk about it, the more I talk myself into them. So I'll, I'll probably eventually get there on Houston. Amari Cooper goes for 265 through the air. And, and, his and that was the is, Amari Cooper game. That's right. Right. And, and Cooper, uh, his prop is 74 and a half receiving yards this week. Um, I would wonder if the f former secondary coach in San Francisco, D'Amico Ryans, has a plan for 
Amari Cooper to neutralize him. We know Cooper missed the following game against the Jets. Uh, any final thoughts there, Will, before we move on to the night game? No, should be a good game. Interesting storyline, obviously, with the, the trade with Watson and you know the Texans yeah. and not that long ago. Uh, the I thing that worries that. me about Houston, a rookie quarterback against Schwartz, who's very highly regarded as a defensive coordinator. He, he has a, a tendency to mix things up, confuse people. That would concern me, but it would be Houston. I think it should be, it should be a good game, should be a competitive game. I totally forgot about the Watson storyline. <laughs> that guy's just in the rear view right oh. now in terms of his play and – the Flacco storyline, that would be crazy if he was playing in this playoff game coming back to Houston. More you guys say it too. I would lean under 44 and a half um, in this game too. Yeah. Just because of the – defensively, I think both teams are playing at, at a high level. Yes, Stroud would be concerning because of how he's got their offense going. Um, but want to wait on some key numbers too as it pertains to totals. Okay, let's go to the night game on Saturday – a rematch from earlier in the year. This game was played in Germany between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Miami just lost Sunday night to the Buffalo Bills. That was for the AFC East. Chiefs rested starters in their final game against the Chargers. For all intents and purposes, Will, they used last week as a bye, and Andy Reid off a bye this year. Historically, very, very good off the bye. They lost MVS off the hands, drops a ball against the Philadelphia Eagles, that could have gave Kansas City the lead, and maybe they win that game and cover the game, and they didn't. So the Chiefs are now at four and a half. This line opened, Julian, we were talking about this earlier. This opened at Chiefs minus one and a half. The money line price was at minus 126. It's up to minus 218 at DraftKings. Is it still playable, Kansas City minus four and a half? I like Kansas City. I just think this is moving for a reason. This is a nightmare spot for Miami. Like you mentioned, Casey's basically off a bye. They're healthy. They're rested. They're home. Miami is a warm weather team on a short week that is all banged up. I mean, you can't even – there's not enough time in this show to list all the injuries they have. Offense, defense. Hill showed up on the practice report. He came off the field. I think it was that last play against Buffalo last week. Tua struggles with two things. He struggles in the cold, and he struggles with pressure. He's going to get both on Saturday night. Single-digit temperatures, like a negative 18, I think, wind chill is what I saw. Spagnuolo mm-hmm. is one of the better defensive coordinators, knows how to disguise, knows how to bring pressure. This is this is a Miami team. When they're playing the directs of the league, they're as good as anybody. But when they fight, fight somebody their own size, it hasn't gone well. Their numbers against teams that are over 500 are not pretty. Look, we know this is not a vintage Chiefs team by any chance. They don't have the weapons. They're going to have to address that in the offseason. But this is such a good spot for Kansas City. I could only look to Kansas City, so I'll lay the four and a half here with the Chiefs. I would say, Jules, like, I, I think the one concern I would have for the Chiefs is this is not the high-octane offense they once were. They're going to have to run the ball. And I, I think Miami has been better uh, defensively in the back end of the year. Their defense is a little underrated with Vic Vangio. This is a Pacheco game. And a t- the timely connections from Mahomes with Kelsey, Mahomes with Rasheed Rice, that probably puts KC over the top. But I could see Miami keeping this close with Mostert on a week of rest. HM was good in the passing game in spots against Buffalo. Or, or, does, or do the Chiefs roll? Are you back in the Chiefs because you think they roll? If Miami keeps it close, it's because it's very cold and the game is going well under and Kansas City's offense just can't find it. Um, I, within a minute probably of the end of Sunday night football between Buffalo and Kansas City, jumped on Kansas City money line at the open. I put it out on Twitter at minus 135. It's sailed since. I would bet Miami up to up to four, probably. Uh, sorry, excuse me. I bet Kansas City up to four, probably laying it. 
um, and prop wise, I don't hate looking at uh, some Pacheco props. Um, what was Miami? Miami Miami cleaned it up. Uh, you know, had a decent rush defense this year, but allowed seventy eight yards per game at home when they're generally favorites, generally winning. Worse on the road. Buck eighteen allowed on the road on the ground for Miami. So I don't mind some Pacheco props. I think they're going to lean on Pacheco, and I think that Mahomes and this offense are going to find ways to make plays. Probably don't throw it to Canarius Tony. Maybe look to get a vintage Travis Kelsey game instead, uh, something along those lines. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, but I think Kansas City is going to do enough offensively, limit the mistakes to win it. Um, mostly just an echo of what Will said. As, as I'm not backing Kansas City as, as much – to show up, I, I very well could fade them in the next round if hopefully they win this game and I cash my ticket. This is more of a Miami fade. It's like the worst spot you could ask for for Miami. They yeah. just played on Sunday night football. Now they got to do Saturday night football. On the, they're losers of two in a row. Just got smoked in Baltimore. Um, got to go on the road in freezing temperatures where the Dolphins and Tua have been awful. Mahomes has never lost a wild card game at home. Uh, it's just a snowball of, you know, negative impacts for, for Miami here. And then let's just take this game and eliminate the conditions and, and eliminate the spots. Miami doesn't beat good teams. They're one in five straight up and against the spread against teams over 500 this season that finished the season over 500. That one spot was the home win on Christmas Eve, just inching by Dallas at home, Dallas, yep. awful road team. They do all their damage at home. So like, Every angle I look at this one, you know, scary last words. Every angle I look at this one points like this is a Kansas City spot. This is a fade of Miami spot. And, uh, you know, I'm happy I got the early money line. I'm good with laying the points. And I will even go into a same game parlay here type of situation with Kansas City money line under 47 and a half points. That buys three points. That's plus 150. I would be fine with that. I would consider maybe tying in Pacheco rushing yards or rushing attempts and just tie it all in. Uh, this is the game of the weekend for me. I'm going to, I'm going to have the most angles on this game. Okay. Pacheco's rushing yardage prop is at 65 and a half at DraftKings, And I think and he's I, 15 and a half attempts. I didn't see that one. Let me check real quick. I would also add to like Buffalo that the game against Buffalo Sunday night, like it's 60 degrees in Miami. It's not overly hot, but it's not minus 18. And they still kind of got pushed around at least those timely runs by Allen and cook. So what's it, what's it going to look like when it's freezing cold in Arrowhead? Uh, That's my concern with the, with the, the the dolphins. They, they, they might, they almost, they're like a, it's a lipstick on a pig as far as they'll, they'll limit the big stuff or the, the, between the trenches, but then the big plays, they were not very good, uh, I thought, in that game. Pacheco, yes, 15 and a half, over juice to minus 130 for rush attempts. Let's go to Sunday. Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo. Kind of similar, not as glaring of a number, but this opened seven and a half. Buffalo minus seven and a half. The minute they beat Miami, Tim, uh, Tim, Will, sorry. Uh, now it's up to 10, and the total's at 36. Uh, Bills off a win. They clinched the division. They're the two seed. They're hosting Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Uh, Tomlin saves his job, but I think Tomlin did exactly what he had to do was just get in the playoffs, have a winning season. 
Now, I think this fits, Will, what you spoke about earlier. You don't have to bet every game. Ten can be worrisome, but this reminds me a lot of when Kansas City a few years ago was home to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh scored the early touchdown thanks to T.J. Watt, who's not playing in this game. Watt's out. And then the Chiefs just rolled. You could have got Chiefs live inside a touchdown. Where are you at here with the Bills laying 10? I'll take the 10. I think this line is just a little bit inflated because of teaser protection. People it, at nine and a half, people say, I mean, seven point teaser. I'll just throw the bills in there. So they jack it up a little. So they take that out of play. It's just hard to lay 10 where you might have 50, 60 mile an hour winds. It's dangerous. Try to handicap these games with wind and weather five, six days out. But if you get that wind and we're looking at a total with 35, 10 is a lot. This could just be a, a running game, field position type of game. Tomlin's been great as a dog historically. You don't like him as a favorite when he's home against the Cardinals, home against the Patriots, his favorite. But as a dog, he's got a tendency to muck these games up and keep them close. Allen in in Buffalo, there's just – there's so much variance with them. Allen with the turnovers. You just – McDermott can get tight in these big spots, you know, punt, fourth and one for midfield, things like that. Um, I think Buffalo win, but I'm not laying the points here. It would be Steelers plus the 10 as a play. Jules? Yeah, I, I lean to the Steelers. This, this again, this could be a pass game for me, but I lean to the Steelers and I lean to the under, uh, given the weather and both given – I know Watts out, but given how Pittsburgh is going to have to try and play this game. Uh, so, it, you know, it's super correlated. So if this is a spot, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not looking to go full unit on the under, full unit on the side, maybe you do a – Half unit, uh, Steelers plus 10 and under 36 is plus 220. And and try and correlate it like that. Maybe you do a same game teaser. Pittsburgh goes up to 16, under 42. Um, I, you know, as a game uh, that I'm not quite as high on, I might try and just do a smaller play with something correlated like that rather than try and pick if I like Pittsburgh plus 10 or the under more is my favorite bet uh, in the game. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a lot of points that for a Bills team that look how they snuck by the Patriots with all those turnovers. Like they've been winning. Look how they snuck by the Chargers. They've been they they won the games they had to win to get in, and they're they grayed out as a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. But they haven't had that many style points along the way. They've just kind of been getting the job uh, done. So I think dog in the under are the look here, and I'll see how I wind up. Uh, you know parlaying or teasing them to together to try and try and get what I want here. Okay. Yeah. I would add too. they needed the punt return touchdown to tie the game. And Allen, they Allen threw a pick in the end zone. Well, he threw two picks in the end zone, but I thought the second one wasn't all that bad because it almost turned into a punt for all intents and purposes. And then also they didn't score at the end of the half and McDermott kind of called them out. So there's still some stuff. There's some cracks in that operation. As much as they've righted the ship, they've won five in a row. With the conditions, with the rah-rah Tomlin spot, I think it's a pass, too. Uh, okay, let's go to the afternoon game on Fox. Two very historic franchises in Dallas and Green Bay. Could have got Green Bay, or pardon me, you could have got Dallas laying the seven. They've been excellent at home, six and two against the spread at home this year. Dominant at home, the way they score points. I have not checked yet the team total for Dallas. The total in the game is at 50 and a half. Yeah. The, the line's now at seven and a half, Will... Uh, Green Bay this year on the road against the spread four and five to the number. 
And uh, I don't know. I think this is another thing where you, you wish you got the seven. Are you willing to lay more than a touchdown, though, with Dallas and Mike McCarthy against his former team? No, but you hit on it. Dallas team total over, I believe it's 30 and a half. And at DraftKings, you can basically pick your number and just take the correlating juice. I think 30 and a half is the one that's closest to minus 110. Again, that 31 yeah, exactly is a key number. Minus 110. Yep. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take that and just, hey, four touchdowns and a field goal gets you home. They got a good kicker. Uh, they, they Like you mentioned, that home, 8 and 0, 37 and a half points per game. This Green Bay defense is a middling defense. And if you look a little closer, this the schedule of, a co- of opposing quarterbacks, of opposing teams they played. There's not that many good offenses in the NFL this year to begin with, and they've avoided pretty much all of them. They have. They didn't play the Cowboys this year. They didn't play the 49ers this year. They didn't play the Ravens. They didn't play the Bills. It's a lot of these NFC South teams. It's Tommy DeVito. Okay, they beat Mahomes, but we know Mahomes. That's not his vintage team. So I think Dallas is going to get their points. Um, I, you worry about laying seven and a half. You obviously, you worry about the back door. If you're up pay 34-20 with five sure. minutes to go, you're sitting there on the edge of your seat. Now, these teams go for two more often, so maybe if you give them a touchdown, they go for two and don't get it. It's another way to win, but that's a lot of points to lay. Green Bay can move the ball. So Dallas is a teaser leg. You throw them in there with you know Houston, Tampa. You pick your fighter, Buffalo, if you, you get that to nine and a half or whatever. But Dallas is a teaser, and Dallas team total over is a play for me. Yeah, Will, Will and I are pretty aligned on a lot of these games. And Glash, I know you brought up the Dallas team total because you probably knew where I was going to go with this game. Mm. I'm not laying over a touchdown uh, with with anybody this weekend, really. But the teaser leg on Dallas is, is there. Get it to one and a half. We can use it with the Texans like we talked about. And I think a couple, the dogs in the two games that we haven't talked about yet um, could also be potential partners there. But Dallas team total has been a play for me all throughout this. I lost it against the Lions. Uh, in a, I think that was the first game this season that the, the Dallas team total at home didn't come through. Um, they're averaging close to 40 a game. They've scored 30 plus against everybody else all season, except for that weird Detroit game uh, where CD lamb fumbles it through the end zone. And it was kind of a fluky game with obviously a very controversial finish. Uh, so here against this Packers defense, I, I see no reason why Dallas isn't going to get into the thirties again at home. So Dallas team total and uh, Dallas as a teaser leg are, are my looks in this one. Um, should have no pro- should have no problem moving the ball at home. Uh, the, how it doesn't get there is is more flukes like that CD Lamb play through the end zone uh, or some some playoff jitters for Dak or something. We know you know we're betting on the Cowboys in the playoffs here. It generally doesn't doesn't go well, but we're not laying points. We're just going team total. There should be points on the board. Yeah, I think what we don't know, or at least what I we we need to see, is how good is Green Bay's offensive line in this game because they like. The Giants, the, the the Bucks, two teams that beat them, they were shootouts, but they got to the quarterback. And when Love's off his step, and he, he's been very good. Jordan Love had a great second half of the year. Uh, I think it's 18 touchdowns, one pick in his last five or six games. He's been sensational. But when he's protected, uh, they're formidable, no question. But if, when he's thrown off his step and you're playing a, the Parsons and Lawrence, can they – they put any pressure on him early, I think that's an indication of where the game might go. And then Dallas just kind of rolls. I will go ahead. Real, real quick, I'm I'm trying to pull up CD Lamb receiving yards here. I think Lamb should have a pretty good game. Uh, you know, he is their offense, really. Uh, when it's all said, he's done. their offense, and Nine, uh, ninety-seven and a half is the yard total. Hundred yard game, pretty much. I I think he'll get there. But um, I like, you know, what I'd like more though. I like the receptions prop at seven and a half. They'll yeah, give it to yeah, him in space. Fed. 
he gets fed targets. E- either of those, I'm I'm on board with. Uh, eight catches should should be there for him. Okay, let's go to so another coach or this is a quarterback revenge spot. Like we highlighted yeah. Saturday, I'm so happy we got this, but I'm torn because I, I think the public loves the Rams. They love the story, McVeigh, what he's turned this team into with no names earlier in the year and Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua, and they've rallied around Stafford who ended up being healthy. It's bringing me back now, Jules, to one of our preseason episodes. Stafford won't make it. He did. He did miss some time. He missed, he missed two games and he just got over his passing yards prop. Just got season. over it because they're, they're running the ball. They've changed their identity and McVeigh has sucked every ounce of their personnel and, Outside of Aaron Donald, I don't think he, I can name anybody on their defense. Uh, Rams are three-point dogs, Will, in Detroit. It's Stafford returning to Detroit. Jared Goff against his former team. Totals at 51.5. This is the biggest total on the slate. Not, I'm not just curious about what you like, but what kind of, ga- what kind of game are we getting here? Because I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, you mentioned it. Like Everybody is on the Rams. They are just so trending. I'm not one of these people who bases my – picks or bets on what other people like or yeah, don't like. Yeah. I just, I kind of trust my own thing. And, and if people are on it with me, you know what? Sometimes the public wins, sometimes the public loses. I don't really put a lot of stock into it, but it does feel like, man, like why are the lines even bothering to show up? Everyone loves this Rams team. I remember like we, we knew for a few weeks, this was a possible playoff matchup Stafford going back to Detroit. And I thought in my head, all right, we're probably getting five, four and a half, five, five and a half, maybe in that dead zone with Detroit, with, with uh, the Rams at three, three and a half. And again, chop round, wait, wait for the best number. Make sure you're on the right side of this three. I like the Lions. I think this this line discounts what's the, what Detroit's done all year. This is a team that's you know play away a bad call away from maybe being a two seed. Rams again, nice story, but their schedule hasn't been great. I don't think they're very good on defense. I think both teams will move the ball. McVay knows how to scheme up offense. Detroit has some holes, especially in the secondary. But I think Detroit's offensive line will hold up well against this run defense for the Rams. I just think Lions winning this game by a touchdown is not outlandish to me. I just think the, the Lions are the better team, being a little overlooked in this spot. Yeah, it's, then it comes down to who do you trust more? you trust the Savant and McVay, or do you trust Dan I know. Campbell? And- I know. <laughs> it's a tough so, one, Julian. I'm curious where you're at. Yeah, I, I did play. I put out the three and a half on Twitter with the with uh, the Rams when when this okay. game popped on the board. Uh, so I we'll we'll have our first disagreement here, which is good. We can't give out all the same plays. Right. Um, I like Will said. Like he he under, he understands. He's giving out the lines because he likes the lines. He's not fading the public here or whatever. I think it's interesting that like the Lions have kind of been this public darling for the last couple of years ever since Hard Knocks. And you would think at some point some Lions public money would would be there. It can't just be all uh, Rams. But both te- – like, you know, the the Lions are 6-2 and two at home this year. They've been really good. The Rams are 7-1 and one over their last eight games. We don't have to count last week because that was a – both teams, Niners and Rams, didn't care. So let's say winners of six of their last seven overall that mattered. And the loss was an overtime punt return against the Ravens, who are the best team in the AFC. They've been playing really well. Uh, it's obviously going to be a meaningful game to Stafford here. Uh, I think they're the Rams are going to be able to put up points, I think, indoors against that defense. The Laporta injury, he's been a big piece of that offense for, for Goff. You know, it's not my favorite bet on the board. Rams isn't going to be my best bet, but I I do 
think, and we're midweek here, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm with the public here in, in taking the points. Yeah. And we'll see if that lion's love ever, ever comes closer to closer to kick, but storyline wise, this is the best game of the weekend. And, um, Sunday night, it's going to be maybe the most heavily bet game of the weekend, which is potentially where you get your edges going against where everybody is going. Uh, but I, Rams three and a half on the opener was a was a play for me. Simply put, McVay knows Goff. I don't know if Campbell knows Stafford because Stafford was there for, for so long. McVay knows what makes I, Jared Goff off. I'm very interested to see if there is something McVay has in the bag to screw Goff up. I don't know. Yep. It is Jared I, Goff. I can't get it out of my head a few years ago when the Patriots played the Rams and they revealed in the, the documentary where McVay is in his ear told the, the microphone gets shut off and there's 15 seconds left to run a play. Like McVay, it was like a binky, a, a binky relationship. Mm-hmm. He had that dude tied on a leash. In that game, so now I make more more I think about it now that the, the Lions are appealing uh, for that, or pardon me, the Rams are appealing uh, in that regard. All right, let's wrap with the Eagles and the Bucks. Tampa Bay, your four seed, they win the NFC South, so they're home Monday night. Three point dogs facing Philadelphia, and the Eagles have slid. They have slid badly. They went under their preseason win total of eleven and a half. They finished eleven and six, and they played starters in the first half against the Giants. They played awful against Arizona. That soft landing where they played Giants Christmas weekend, Cardinals at home, and then home, uh, and then at New York. And and will I? I think we're supposed to like Philly, but what? What's the reasoning to, to back Philly here? I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a good answer. I guess he's just, hey, hey. The discount, the discount right? The discount. Yeah, you're buying low. Exactly. You're buying low. It's funny. These teams played week three. It was a Monday night in Tampa on ESPN. Yes. Now they're playing on a Monday night in Tampa ESPN. That first game, that first meeting was 25-11 Philly. Philly dominated the game. That game seems like it's three lifetimes ago with everything yeah. that's happened since. I don't like anything about this Philly team. How could you? They look banged up. They look tired. They had that stretch, that gauntlet two-month stretch where they're playing the Chiefs, the Bills, short rest, prime time. Went to the Super Bowl last year. They had a really brutal schedule at Seattle on a Monday night. They just look worn out, slow on defense. Seems like there's more wrong with them than football with A.J. Brown and all that stuff. That feel, There feels a little you know, T.O.-ish uh, aspect of it. And now Brown's banged up. They're just they're beat up in general. That being said, Tampa, I watched a lot of that more than I want to admit of that Carolina game last week. I had Saints futures. And, man, watching Carolina is, uh, is no picnic getting them trying to move the ball. Tampa was dying to lose that game. Baker didn't look good. He was limping around. Uh, if Carolina doesn't fumble going into the end zone at the one where they Shark had no reason to extend the ball, Carolina might be winning that game, and this might be the Saints hosting a, as division champs. So I don't like either team right now. When in doubt, I guess I'll just take the points at home uh, with two teams that are limping in here. I don't feel great about it. If there was one game I was a pass on, it'd be this one. You could talk me into any outcome. If Philly gets blown out, how could you be surprised? If Tampa got blown out and Philly started to look like the team early, middle of the year, I wouldn't be shocked. This is a really tricky handicap. I'll, I went in doubt, take the points, but I don't feel great about it. That game week three, Julian, the Bucks could not move the ball. Baker no. made mistakes over the middle of the field, but that was a team in Philly that was 
rolling at the time. That was a dual Monday night situation, right? There was like a second Monday yeah. night game on at yes. the same time. I'm trying to think of who the other game was. Might so, have been Browns, Rams. I, I can't remember. These are two two totally different teams, obviously, now. Um, kind of. Brad, I just looked up. The, the Eagles were minus six and opened six and a half in that game. Got bet wow. down uh, to five, Four and five and a half. And a half. Okay. It didn't. It didn't wind up getting there with with the the home dog, obviously. But that was one of the few times the Rams didn't cover as dogs. The Rams were eight and three as underdogs this season against the spread. Um, Philly, oh, one and five in their last six. Oh, and six against the spread in those games. Uh, I I want to say Tampa plus three. I probably won't ultimately play them straight this could be like i'll be on dallas team total over but i'll tease them a little bit too this could be a smaller play for me on a dallas tampa teaser getting tampa up um will said no outcome would surprise him i somewhat agree i think the eagles blowing anybody out right now would be the most surprising of the range of outcomes they can certainly get it together and win this game but i feel like with how they're limping into this game it would be more of a grind one out uh, type of scenario. So, you know, you can tell as we break these d- games down, which ones each of us are most and least confident in this one's towards the lower, uh, lower end of the spectrum for hmm. me, but I, I do feel a lot safer with, with Tampa as, as a teaser leg to kind of round things out. Also, if the bracket breaks where the, the winner of this game goes to San Francisco on a short week, Good freaking luck because that that's just not going to go well. San Francisco is going to be sitting there rested, home. Philly beat them last year in the playoffs. I, how would that? What's the scenario, Will? Where we know that on on Monday night, what would happen? Um, it would be if let's see. It depends. Like if the Packers win, they automatically go to San Francisco. Or if the Rams win, I think. Oh right. It, it depends if the Packers win. So the lowest seed goes to San Francisco. So there's some moving parts there. So but it if it does, be, it can't really be the. Eagles, can it? No, it could because if Chuck holds it, we're looking at the two seed playing the three seed, Detroit playing Dallas, and then the oh, winner Detroit of this Dallas. game right, goes right, right, to. Right, 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 so right, if Chalk right. holds, okay. if Chalk holds, I mean that's the most likely outcome is the winner of this game goes to San Francisco. I mean, what does that line look like? That would be, I would think, a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. In that week three game, that was DeAndre Swift running the ball one thirty on the ground. AJ Brown had a big night, nine catches, one thirty one against Tampa. Week three Monday night, Bucks held to Brown's eleven hurt. points, and I think that was a twenty five eleven. But the the touchdown and like two point conversion came really late, where it was like twenty five to three, maybe late, and they went for a two. It was it was really the, the only offense for Tampa was a garbage time score. That was even even a misleading final. Any, I remember any futures we like as a group before we. Uh, give out our best bet for the weekend i've got a really boring one i mean raven san francisco super bowl is like three to one i know it's not sexy to know it's not going to you know break the internet that you gave out the two best teams to play in the silver bowl but i don't know the more you watch this league you're not impressed with the bills the chiefs have their issues the dolphins you can cry just i feel like we're headed for a crash course of ravens 49ers we've gotten so many upsets in all these sports you know florida atlantic going to the final four the heat Mm -hmm. going to the nba finals the florida panthers Rangers, Diamondbacks, and playoffs. I feel like maybe we're just kind of due here for for chalk. And if you look at the DVOA numbers, uh, Aaron Schatz, who I had on my podcast last week, he's like, man, it, it's not even close. 49ers and Ravens are historically good teams. I think third and fifth overall through like the 17 weeks. So 
three to one, it's not that bad. I mean, it's chalky, but you're still getting three to one or, or so. I think we're looking at a rematch of the Christmas game. I'll I'll go even more boring. I, I'm I'm playing. I'm adding to my Niners to win the NFC. This Thought about week. that Niners too. Minus one twenty, one twenty five. That's playable range for me. Two home games against teams that they should really beat up. I'm honestly most scared of, and obviously I'm backing the Rams, so I think they win. I'm most scared of a Rams matchup, a matchup, a divisional matchup that you know both teams know each other well. I'm more scared of that, and I think there's a decent chance we we get it. But if you know if it is Green Bay, Philly, Tampa coming in there in the first game, Niners roll, and I do ultimately trust the Niners against the Rams, obviously. Uh, and then that second game, what Dallas. Five Detroit. maybe. What would I, Dallas be? Five in San Francisco. What was it the first? The first time it was three and a half. So the first, yeah, the first time I bet it early, two and a half, three or whatever, and they, yeah. they crushed. It's got to be on the other side of three. I would think, uh, but I nine, Niners to win those two games. I I'm just very confident in them when they're healthy and when they need it. They've got that 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 revenge that we saw when they played at Philly. Right. about not winning the conference last year and not having a chance in that game without a quarterback. I think we see that in these games here to get out of the NFC. And then, you know, we'll we'll reassess in the Super Bowl. But I, I love just laying it with the Niners to win the AFC. How about, Sorry, play, NFC, how about playoff leaders to lead the playoffs in rushing touchdowns? Christian McCaffrey is at plus 350. And I, I, I only bring him up. Well, I, know they're on the, I know they're on the bye. I understand that. Yeah, that's the, that's the only problem. But the the guys behind him, like Josh Allen, is plus five hundred. Then there's Jalen Hurts, and that's a go either way game based on how they've looked. Um, and Pacheco's at eleven to one. But I don't. That's a sure thing for me. Is in terms of, I don't think anyone behind McCaffrey is a sure thing to get there. Like there's no running back in the NFC outside of the quarterback and Hurts and the touch. I'll point. agree. I'll agree hurt. with you. I think that's a good bet. I think it's a good price. I feel, pretty conf- I feel pretty confident San Francisco plays three games. And even if Baltimore plays three games, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Gus Edwards, you got other guys touching the ball. Lamar's at 35 to 1 for rushing touchdowns to lead the playoffs in rushing touchdowns. I saw there was a 40 to 1 out there for rushing yards, too. As these numbers can fluctuate. How about Purdy 7 to 1 to lead in passing yards? Figure maybe he gets a Philly soft secondary in the first round. Short and week. Dallas kind of a shootout in, in the the uh, in the conference championship or even a, a bad Detroit secondary. And if you think it's going to be Baltimore, San Francisco, you don't worry about the fact that he gets a bye because the other team has a bye. So the most anybody's right. playing is three games in that scenario. I don't know. Purdy 7 to 1 is an interesting number. Okay. I like some of those. Okay, so of the six games we just discussed, let's give out a few best bets. This will be our best bet segment before we get out of here. Will, where are you landing? You can give out multiple, but what would be your favorite ones of the of the six games for Super Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, I'll go Chiefs. What are we at? Four or four and a half for the Chiefs? I can't remember. It's bouncing back. Four and a half right now. Four and a half, half on DK. Johnny Avello, when I did talk to him before you were on, Will said that he expects this to come down to, to three and a half, four. So we can say wait and play it on the closer if if you want, but. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. I'm surprised. I would think it's going the other way with, I was that, too. with that injury report. I'll add a prop here. Mason Rudolph under 164 and a half passing yards, 50 mile an hour wins. I don't know how you're going to be able to throw the ball. I know you wear your little game script. Hey, you're, you're taking a, a double digit underdog, their quarterback under passing yards. I just don't know in that wind if he's going to be able to throw it. So I'll take Mason Rudolph under 164 and a half. I would love to be different, but I, I can't. Chiefs are one of my favorite bets of the week of the season. Um, I will lay it 
with uh, with the Chiefs. Okay, and I will go with. I, I don't Dallas team total. I feel like that's your thing, and I I would ruin that's it for you. Oh, that's one I should I should have. That's probably one of my favorite ones. I should have used that one. But go ahead. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds like we all like the same stuff. Which, yeah, I think. Well, I think could go wrong. The more and more I hear you and others, I I, I don't want to go away from the Dolphins Chiefs games. So I'll I'll take the. I'll go with the. I'm going to take under 44. Yeah, under 44, <laughs> yeah. which 44 is a is a key number. Um, under Miami, not a short week, but coming off a game, two games where they it's just a short week. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it is a short week. Yeah, right? Saturday Saturday night, night, from from Sunday, Sunday night to Saturday night. I lean. I lean under. The, the Chiefs' identity is going to change, and I think yeah. that's still not quite I, factored I love in. Under. Plus, they played a 21-14 game in perfect conditions in Germany, and there was a defensive score in that game. So, I mean, you're looking at that was really 28 points of offense, and now you're going to throw in frigid temperatures. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, this is this As is true. Chiefs Chiefs second half unders have been a big thing yes. all year. So, you know, keep that one in mind during the game. I'd I would just play the game under because I think it's going to be those guys are going to be cold right out of the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but second half total 22 be, and a half. Yeah. Don't be shy to even in game. Like even if it's a worse, even if it's lower than 44 and a half when we're at halftime, if it's, you know, whatever, 10 to seven at half. Right. By the way, I, I breaking news. I don't know people, by the time people listen, this, they'll see it. Pete Carroll out as Seahawks head coach. Firing oh, or yep. parting ways? Uh, they just worded it where he's expected to be out, so not sure. Yeah, Schefter out. Could remain Shock. in the organization, but not as the head coach. Yeah, I mean, he's old. he's at the age where I don't know, would he get another job? I, he's good enough to get another job, but is that he's somebody? He's in He'll be an advisor. Right. He'll stay, yeah, in he's Seattle. stay with the organization. That's interesting. That is, that is a surprise one. Didn't, didn't, wasn't even thinking about that. Makes sense. They haven't been that good in a while. I don't know. That's, that's a strange one, though. All right. I think that's it. Will Hill of VEASAN. Check him out. You can find him uh, on Twitter. He is at X, whatever it's called. Not the Will Hill. Two E's in the. Not the Will Hill. Will, thanks. It it was. And being very clear with the spelling. Not the Will Hill. Will, you are Will Hill here on the DraftKings uh, Unreasonable Odds podcast. Thanks for stopping by the show. And uh, thanks for being here. We appreciate you. All right, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. For Julian Edlow, Brendan Glasheen, thanks to producer Samir putting this all together for us this week. Thanks for listening to Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Best of luck. Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 